Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me if you would. And I want us to open up first to John chapter 11. I want to continue with where we were at on Sunday, uh, what I was ministering on on Sunday regarding biblical courage. Because um, as... We know this, the Bible itself um, was inspired by God. Anything inspired by God is going to be inspirational. Um, I am not looking for, I'm not the type, I, my personality, uh, I, I'm a more upbeat, positive, um, uh, as my husband says, how do you say it, um, just you know, you don't get frazzled and he, a simpleton, I'm a simpleton. It's like, you're just a simpleton. Um, you know, there, it doesn't take much. I don't need a lot of inspirational. In fact, I don't like a lot of hype and inspirational, um, type, you know, people will pay a lot of money to go to a motivational. I just find it absolutely, um, sometimes very patronizing and just, you know, like this is, you know, maybe it works for some people, but I just get so bored. And so for me, um, you know, your hype isn't my hype and people pay a lot of money to go get hyped up. Um, they do, they pay big bucks, thousands. I heard somebody say the other day, you have to pay like two or 3,000 just to go to their seminar to get hyped up. I'm going, good gosh, you got the word, that's free. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, business or no business. Um, I've just never been one to uh, enjoy um, motivational. I like truth. Um, I like encouraging. We all want to be encouraged. Uh, but I think having been raised in the word and when you see and you you get a hold of the fact that just one scripture can set you free. I don't need two hours of man's mental inspiration because one scripture, I mean, one scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that's double inspiration. The Holy Ghost inspired somebody to write it. And then when the Holy Ghost inspires somebody to preach it, I'm under the influence of double inspiration. That one scripture, what did Paul uh, or Peter say? Um, Silver and gold I don't have, but the one thing I have, I give under the rise and get up. Boy, it didn't take him a whole hour to inspire the lame man to get up and walk. He just said, I got one thing. And what this one thing is, is going to get you up on your feet and you can receive your miracle and do something you've never done. So we have to know and be aware of that we're not trying to cling to and we uh, don't need a form of inspiration and courage that God didn't author that leads you only back to the mental realm. Now, I understand this. Um, I'm, I'm also in the ministry that there are 
times out in the corporate world, uh, in businesses, uh, where you need to have times where you've got to rally, you know, as we say, rally the troops, get people in unity. And there's people that are so gifted in doing that. But I'm talking about for your spiritual life. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to lead. They're there to hype you up to do a natural job. That should not make its way into the church. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to hype. I, if I have to hype you up to come to church, you know what I mean? If I got to hype you up to be here, this is the best church. You know, I, got, I, I, I really struggle. For me personally, I really struggle. You know, that's why you don't see me on social media. This is the best church ever, and I just love our people. And we have the best people. You know, every Sunday after we release that I'm on there hyping up my church. I don't really need to hype up my church uh, because I think the word of God and the Holy Ghost, the ministry, the the, the great uh, inspirational uh, being that he is and the great minister of the gospel that he is, I, I don't need to hype myself up that my church is the best church. <laughs> And I don't need to hype you up this this church is because if God brought you here, this is the best place for you. Amen. And again, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that having been raised in the word and knowing and for my own life, and I mean, I'm sure you could say the same thing, that when that one scripture, that one word is given, when nobody knew what you were dealing with, but the Holy Ghost. And pastor, the pastor gets up and you go, nobody knew. Nobody knew I was struggling with that thought this week. Nobody knew that I had those symptoms in my body. Nobody knew that I was dealing with that in my marriage. Nobody knew that that was my financial situation. Nobody knew that but the Holy Ghost. Amen. So what is biblical courage? Biblical courage can be done without any other man, woman, spouse. You can encourage yourself in the Lord, just you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want us to look at that again so that we are understanding that when we face circumstances and situations, that somebody may not be there in the middle of the night. Single people. This is so important. If you can learn to encourage yourself in the Lord as a single person, you've made yourself so much more valuable in your marriage. But if you're looking to get married because I would just do so much better if I had somebody there. Marriage is not about having somebody to do faith for you and encourage you. You've got to be able, it's, it's uh, you know, two people that make a whole. They're two whole people, not two half people. Amen. The only way I know how to be whole is when I know who I am in Christ. That means when I can encourage myself in the Lord and in Christ. And we're going to look at uh, that tonight. But if we see here, where did I tell you to turn? John, John chapter 11. Look at this. We were on this passage for a while. John chapter 11. Verse four, when Jesus received the message, this is with the message of Lazarus. This was just that he was sick. He said, this sickness is not to end in death, but on the contrary, it is to honor God, to promote his glory, that the Son of God may be glorified through and by it. This is the same man that said, I only say what my father says. I only do what my father says to do. What I see him do, 
And so he's, what is he doing right here? He's encouraging himself. That means if that's what he's saying, then that means that's what God said. Nobody else around him, I don't know if anybody else was even listening to him. I'm assuming because it says when he heard the message, he said. So we don't know. Did he say it to a crowd? Did he say it to one disciple? Was John standing there? Did the messenger only hear it? All I know is I can see he was speaking out loud. This is a huge key when it comes to encouraging yourself. You can't think encouragement. You cannot think encouraging words. You cannot think yourself into encouraging yourself to live by faith. It's going to take you speaking encouragement to yourself. I didn't say motivation. I said encouragement. And we talked about that Sunday uh, when God said to Joshua, uh, don't, don't be afraid. Be strong, have courage. And we talked about how encouraging and courage, this is the same word. Have courage. Well, I want to have courage. I want to face opposition by faith. I want to be strong in faith the way I see so-and-so strong in faith. I want to have the strength uh, to, to stand up and, and to not just stand up to opposition, but to move forward. How many of you say, I just want to move forward? I don't want to sit back and wait for something, but I'm looking to take ground for God. Great women, men and women of faith, they didn't sit back, they moved forward. But that takes courage. That's what God was saying to Joshua. Now it's time to move forward. You've been sitting for 40 years and that's great. I guarantee you that brother encouraged himself for 40 years. He, him and Caleb encouraged each other. Amen. In the word. But uh, we see here, even Jesus had to do this. Jesus had to encourage, because this was a story of Jesus' own faith, you know, being, being uh, in operation. But we know this, that Jesus took this and said, well, this sickness is not to end in death, but on the contrary, it is to honor God to promote his glory, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What are you speaking over your situation? When was the last time you had a discussion about your finances and when was the last time you encouraged yourself about your finances? If you're having more discussions over your financial situation, then you are encouraging yourself in the word about it. You're off balance. And that's why you wonder why you have a lack of courage to move forward. And you're always stuck in the same place. Because there's more discussion than encouraging. Amen? For every conversation that you have, every time you take a pill, every conversation you have with your doctor, with your spouse regarding your health, you better have twice as many times that you're encouraging yourself in the word, in the Lord, praising him. We talked about Abraham. He grew strong in faith, giving glory unto God. For how many years did he have to encourage himself? He had him and Sarah. He didn't have a congregation. He didn't have a friend in faith. In fact, he, he's losing people. <laughs> he's losing family. So he's, people are now dropping off. Lot, his wife, his kids. Okay, well, uh, God said, I'm going to have uh, uh, as, as many 
you know, sons and, and, and generations as the stars. But God, that, that sure doesn't look like it. I'm losing. I'm not even gaining anymore. That was a pretty discouraging moment, I believe, when Lot decided to leave. When God's told you there's going to be multiplication in generations to come. So what did he do? He just kept giving glory unto God. Father, I worship you. God, I worship you. As you were to Noah, so you'll be to me. God, I worship you as you kept Noah's family. You, you've promised me my own. If you can rescue Noah's family by an ark, then I know you can provide me a child. God, as you uh, 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 saw to it and took care of uh, Adam and Eve, even when they came out of the garden, you clothed them. You were good to them, even when they separated from you. I, I mean, these are the things he was probably, my guess, having to encourage himself. Because there was nobody else there. Sarah's laughing behind the door, you know. She finally got herself pulled together. God's so patient with us. He's so patient. He's so good to us. So now we see Jesus. Even Jesus had to encourage himself and speak over himself. Uh, now, look here. Go to Romans so that we can get our eyes on it. Romans chapter 4. Because I've been quoting it, but I don't want us to put our eyes on this. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. And verse, actually, verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. You know, if you're weak in something, that's going to hurt your courage to go out. Right? Uh, if um, there's somebody in their, their job, um, of course, maybe is to lift weights or they're a bodybuilder and... and we know that we're building our faith. The Bible talks about building yourself up on your most holy faith. So it likens, you know, us to gaining strength, you know, uh, gaining, being not weak in faith. Jesus said, you know, great faith, strong faith. Uh, so we can grow in strength. Um, but if you're weak at something, that means you can be strong at something. Being not weak in faith, that means he was strong in faith. He considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither in the deadest of Sarah's womb. He staggered not in the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded, so strong in faith means he's fully persuaded. What he had promised, he was also able also to perform. The Amplified reads, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Notice this, he fellowshiped with the performer. When you know the performer, you're not concerned with the performance. says, being fully persuaded, many times we get our eyes on the performance. Oh, what hadn't been performed yet? What hasn't been done yet? What I'm still waiting on. If you're focused on the performance, your eyes are not on the performer. Abraham kept his eyes on the performer. My job is to fellowship with the performer. God, you're performing this in my life. You're bringing this to pass in my life. 
Because I can confess and confess and confess and confess until I am so focusing on confessing the performance into being that I forget you're the one that's performing the miracle. Amen. How many, I've been there. You know, and I mean, you, it's out of a good place. It's out of a right heart, a heart of trying to um, bring God's will into pass. It's, a, it's from a heart of being a doer of the word. I just want to be a doer of the word. I just want to be uh, obedient to the word. I just want to be a person of faith. And, and we take uh, that sincerity of wanting to be a person of faith, but we, we kind of get off and we get our eyes on what has not been performed instead of realizing that faith is about following the performer. Faith is about serving the one who performed the first miracle in my life. The author and the finisher. He performed the very first miracle I have ever experienced. You know, that's why it was so easy for you to get born again. Why? Because the only focus you had was not on a need, but on God. Think about it. The only thing you were focused on was God, was Jesus, and receiving salvation. You didn't know to focus on uh, having a manifestation. You were only focused on the manifester. I just need God. I just need Jesus. I just know I'm a mess. I know the way to sin has been too much. I know I want to go. I want to be, be for all eternity. I want to be in heaven. What were you focused on at salvation? You were only focused on him. And there is no greater miracle that you will ever see in your life than the miracle of salvation. That is, that is a miracle that we don't understand to the fullest, that we cannot physically ever see. We can kind of feel it, that weight lifted off. We can sense the presence of God. But that is the greatest miracle that man will ever step into and experience. And how did we come by that greatest miracle? We just wanted him. Go back to, if the greatest miracle, you know, for me, I don't remember getting saved. I don't remember getting born again. I, I don't have a, a, a memory of that. I was always, <laughs> I was always saved. I do remember getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's the next greatest miracle. How does God put put his spirit, how does it, how, how do you get filled with God? How do you become a God-filled man? You can't explain it. I can't explain it. You know, Jesus came to live in us, but then God said, you need to be filled up. Don't just have me living in there. Have me to the fullest. You don't know how that happens. All you know is that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are filled. When hands are laid on you and you say, I receive the Holy Spirit, you get filled. And then an unknown language that God understands, but you don't. How many miracles? I mean, we're operating in an ongoing miracle every day. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, there is an ongoing miracle being performed. Amen? So with that... Approach your need the same way. Can we approach our need the exact same way? Yes, you can. Yeah, but, yeah, but Pastor, I, I don't think you realize I've never faced this need before. Yeah, you didn't understand your need for a Savior either until you heard the word. So 
this is what I'm saying. When you hear the word regarding finances, when you hear the word regarding healing and provision, approach that word that you heard the same way you did salvation. Turn your eyes to him. Don't turn your eyes to the provision. Don't turn your eyes and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could be rich. I didn't know that I was made rich. I didn't know I could have abundance. Don't turn your eyes to how am I going to have abundance performed in my life. Do like you did when you got born again and you heard about Jesus. Get him back. Oh, this gives my focus even more so. I'm not focused on the performance. I'm focused on the performer. Needs, desires, wants should point us not to a place of confessing to have something come in. It should be pointing us. We should be drawing even closer to him. Amen? We should be uh, yearning and desiring. This is what it did for David. Go with me if you would. Turn, turn to... Um, First uh, Samuel seventeen. First Samuel seventeen, and I want us to look at something here. Remember what I said Sunday, many think courage is a feeling, a sensation, and a moment of exuberance to do something. Many think courage is a feeling, a sensation, a moment that you have this overwhelming strength that you're going to do something. That's not biblical courage. Like I said, David didn't, we're going to look at this. David didn't slay giant, the giant in that moment. <clears throat> First Samuel, if, you, if we look at, uh, look at verse... We'll look at verse 32. This is important. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. This is what opposition does. It wants to get your heart and your affection and your attention of your heart on what the enemy's trying to do in your life. On the need that you have, on the pain that you feel. He's trying to get your attention set in that direction. The devil wants your attention. He really doesn't care much about what goes on in the sense of your natural life. He just wants your attention off of God and onto him. That's why David said, don't, don't let your heart fail. Because at one time, your heart was on him. At one time, these people faced these giants, and we, we were successful. We took that mountain. We, we removed some of these giants. Don't let your heart fail. And then he said, verse 33, and Saul, Saul said to David, you are not able to go to fight against this Philistine. You are only an adolescent. And he has been a, a warrior from his youth. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a lion or again a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out, af I went out after it and smote it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and smote it and killed it. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defied the armies of the living. God. David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. 
David was not delivered out of Goliath. David did not overcome Goliath in that very moment. Goliath was defeated back in the fields. He was defeated back when the, the, the lion showed up, when the bear showed up. That's really when Goliath was defeated. Because notice that David didn't go, okay, give me a day. I'm going to go home. I need to take some time to get in the word. I need to take some time to worship God. I, you know what? I need to take some time uh, to listen to a couple of teachings. I'm going to pull out my favorite series, uh, you know, that Samuel did on faith uh, and, and becoming a victorious. Uh, I need to go back and rehearse myself and what God did for us back when Caleb took the mountain and defeated these people like Goliath. I'm going to take, if y'all can just, get, I'm going to get it done. I am going to get it done. But if you can just give me a moment to get into faith, he didn't need any of that. He didn't need that. He didn't need because all along is he sitting there by himself with his harp, encouraging himself in the Lord, that means you don't have to fall victim. You can come to a place that when obstacles and opposition rise up in your life, you can be so full that all you've got to do is turn, gather your stones of the word and answer it immediately. Amen? You don't got to, we don't have to take time. Now, there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I'm saying you can be to a place that you are so encouraged in God. A man so full of God, a woman so full of God, that the moment you don't got to gather your confession. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That you're so full that the Holy Ghost is, as immediately when Jesus received that message, he said, this, this sickness is not unto death. He was so full of God. Yeah, but that's Jesus. Well, he had to be baptized just like you and I did. Amen? Remember, he was a man. He came. If he wasn't a true man, then he wouldn't have been a true sacrifice. He had to be a man like you and me. Blameless, flawless, but so that we could never say, no man could ever say, I could never live up to that. No, we're just like him. Amen. And we've been given the Holy Ghost to be full just like him. He had to be anointed. So David didn't have to take time to hear the word, get full, talk to Samuel, be encouraged by his dad. Okay, I need to go speak to Samuel the prophet because I need him to encourage me about what I should do next. Should I get five stones? Should I get one stone? How many stones should I get? Should I get stone? Should I wear, you know, the king's uh, uh, armor? Would that be wisdom? I want to be, I want to be in wisdom. We got to operate in wisdom and we can operate in faith at the same time. Maybe it's wisdom to wear it. No, he didn't say any of that. He humored the king, put it on and said, you know, this is not for me. I'm too full to wear this. <laughs> I'm too full to put on something natural. I'm too full to uh, do this the way a natural man would need to do this. I'm too full. Everyone who's scared has this on. I got to take this off. I got to take this off. 
There's going to be times you're going to have to let some things go, take some things off. What worked in one season, what was permitted in one season, you're going to have to take it off because it's going to leave you discouraged instead of encouraged. All that uh, armor did was discourage him because he couldn't move as fast as the Spirit of God wanted him to move. The Spirit of God said, now you, it, today, today. This is enough of him talking today. You got to go right now. And he said, I can't, I can't go as fast as the Holy Ghost wants me to go, as the Spirit wants me to go. I got to take this off. Sometimes it's people's words. Sometimes it's, it's your own things you've been thinking about yourself. I got to get rid of that thinking today. It is holding me back. The Holy Ghost is trying to speak through you regarding your situation, but you keep talking out of your natural mind. You got to take that off. You got to get rid of that. So Goliath was not defeated in, in, let's say that was on a Monday. He wasn't defeated that Monday when he was bringing the, the rations for his brothers for the week. He was defeated back when he got full of God in the fields. If you'll get full of God in the fields when no one's watching, when nobody's around, when you are doing the daily routine, don't just get full when you come into church. If you'll get full... He got full in his daily routine in life, working his regular job for the family business. He got so full in the fields that Goliath couldn't take him on the day of battle. And he was ready that day, that day, this moment. That means every moment can be a faith moment. <laughs> Amen. If you stay full, every moment can be a faith moment. Go with me, if you would, to Joshua, so we can get our eyes on this. We know it, but I want to see it. And then we'll close with this. You know, with uh, Jesus and Lazarus, I was meditating on that again. And I love it because he spoke. He was so focused on the performer. He was so focused on God. He went in a hurry to get there. Because Jesus knew if my words, once I release my word, God's already there. If you'll be mindful over the things you're believing for, your finances, if you'll be mindful. If I just speak the word, God's there. God's there. So that's why Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Because he knew once he spoke the word, God's already on the scene. He's already there. Well, what happened? He died. Doesn't matter. God was there. It wasn't about Jesus getting there. It was about Jesus bringing God there. It's about you putting God in your situation. That's what happened when you got born again. You brought God into your situation. This is what we do when we're believing God. All I'm doing, I'm not believing God to see something performed in my life. I'm believing God so I can bring God into my life. Again and again and again and again and again. Just like he did on the day I got saved and got delivered. I need to bring him again and again. He is looking to show up. 
And this is where um, religion gets off. Uh, they, you know, they think God is so sovereign. Maybe they even got born again, but God is sovereign after that. Well, that's funny. He wasn't sovereign that day you asked him into your heart. Because I thought that was your choice. And I ain't even going to get into the doctrine that's off on that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Last I checked, that was your choice. It's your choice whether you bring God into your situation after you get born again or not. He's ready to show up. That's what made David such a great man of faith. He knew God was ready. He just knew, I have to get ready. It's not about God being ready. It's about you and me. Are we staying full? Amen? Okay, so let's see here. Oh, I was on this. Jesus wasn't concerned about God's performance in that situation with Lazarus. That's why he wasn't in a hurry. Jesus didn't need to be there, but he was more concerned about bringing God there. I'm here in this life, and in my situation, it's my responsibility to bring God into my situation. Amen? How do I bring God into my situation? Well, first of all, I do what he told Joshua. Meditate therein day and night. Look at it, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall deal wisely and have good success. Why? Because he had encouraged himself already in the word of God. He was fully encouraged. God was saying, if you'll stay encouraged in the word, nothing can come against you. Nothing can overtake you. The greatest effort you'll make in believing is not believing, but keeping your eyes on the one you believe in. I'm going to say that again. The greatest effort you'll make in believing is not believing, but keeping your eyes on the one that you believe in. Because the whole reason, you see a promise and go, I believe that. I believe that. I, I believe that, that the word of God is true. I believe that. Why? Because you, you are a person of covenant. You're a person of your word. You know God's a person of his word. And you see it in his word and you go, I believe that. But why is it that we're struggling with believing is because we've forgotten the one who authored that very promise. We have forgotten the promise keeper, the promise giver. The whole reason why you start believing for your healing and you start confessing over your body because you see, I am the healed. I'm not trying to get healed. Healing is the children's bread. And you begin to confess what the word of God says about your body. But you're struggling is because you, every time a symptom shows up, you get back on trying to believe instead of Father, I just look to you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, Father. You're so faithful. You're so good. You're so good. You've been so good to my life. Oh, I'm so grateful. I, I, I'm going to heaven. I am going to be with you in all eternity. Your presence has been so sweet in my life. You've been so faithful. And what do you do? You're encouraging yourself in the word, giving glory unto God. He grew stronger in faith. Not confessing. God didn't give Joshua in this passage any new assignment. God didn't give him a new assignment. The law, everybody should have still been in the law. 
Moses knew the law and he was a man of the law. He knew it. He meditated in it. You know what I'm saying? He, he was a man, uh, a godly man. Just because he couldn't go in, we don't diminish him as a man of God. He, heard, he got the law. This was no new assignment. God did not tell Joshua anything new for his situation. Did he? He just said, come on, let's get back to my word. Just, just get, I know you've been full of the word because you've made it 40 years and you're still ready to go in. Fill up a little bit more. When you think you're full, whether you're facing something or not, fill up a little bit more. Meditate a little bit more. Rejoice a little bit more. Worship a little bit more. He said, just get in my word. Just a little bit more. Don't deviate. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Isn't that what he said about Abraham? Abraham didn't waver. He didn't stagger. What is that? He didn't fall to the right. He didn't fall to the left. He stayed right in the middle, right focused on what God said would bring him to pass. He was so busy worshiping God that he didn't realize uh, that God was working in his wife's body. Sarah became so focused on the goodness of God. Amen? So we see here, there was no new assignment given to Joshua. God didn't give Joshua any new assignment, no new word, and listen, no new vision either. You don't need a new vision. You don't need, I need a new vision. If I can, this is where I go back to the difference between courage and biblical courage and motivational speaking, because every time you hear somebody, a motivational talk, you know, you're going to readjust your vision to their vision. You know what I mean? Because they all got a different vision. They're all bringing something different. I need to know God's vision. And once I hear that from my life, he didn't have any new vision. There was nothing new here for Joshua. The only thing, this is what the Holy Ghost sent me, the only thing God expected from him was new skill. No new vision. It required new skill. You want to take ground for God? You don't need new vision. You don't need a new word. You don't need a new prophecy. You don't need to go. That's what David said. I don't need to go talk to Samuel. I don't need to go talk to my dad. I don't need to wear what the king wore. I already got my vision. My vision was God took care of the lion, the bear. It's real clear what he's going to do for Goliath. Really clear. But what did it take? Just another level of skill. Because I'm not dealing with an animal anymore. Now I'm dealing with a person. He's talking to me. (laughs) So what did he do? He talked back. That's something he had never done to the lion and the bear. What was that? Just new skill. And that's what I'm saying. That's what the Holy Ghost, when we stay full of him, you'll need to confess. But now it'll be a confession of with new skill. It'll be what the Holy Ghost tells you to confess. It'll be an action of new skill. He'll tell you uh, what seed to sow. He'll show you. It won't be because you're trying to get God to do something. I got to give. I got to sow. I got. No, it'll come up on the inside because you're so full that the Holy Ghost will show you what to do. And now you've stepped into a new level of skill. Because you've encouraged yourself in the word and you've gotten full of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
So do we see that? It's not always encouraging and encouragement needs to be new vision, needs to be pumped up, needs to be inspirational. It just needs to be, I need to meditate in the word, give glory unto God, and the Holy Ghost will lead me to exactly how I need to speak, exactly how I need to act in my situation. David defeated Goliath in fellowshipping in the fields. Today, you may not even be facing anything. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But what you do today and the fellowship you have today is going to affect what you do in the fields when it comes time for battle. Amen? Learn to become skillful at encouraging, encouraging yourself in the word now. Encouraging yourself in the Lord. Encur- worshiping him. Oh, he's so good. He'll meet you. Uh, why does God want to leave up to man what he does best? He wants to be your number one voice and encourager in your life. And number two, he's going to bring a God-filled man to also encourage you. Amen? And if we can learn to receive from those and take what we receive from those and take it home and become skillful ourselves, we'll grow and develop and grow and develop that we can become like David. And in a moment, and just like Jesus, in a moment, we can answer because we understand it's not about getting, uh, uh, getting me to see something. It's about getting God on the scene to perform what only he can do. It's not about a manifestation. It's about the manifester. It's not about the performance. It's about the performer. It's not about what I'm believing for. It's who I'm believing in. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.